Marc-Andre Fleury with a solid start for the Minnesota Wild, but it was Marco Rossi and Brock Faber outshining Connor Bedard in a 4-1 win over Chicago. Let's discuss all of the particulars on today's Locked on Wild postcast. You are Locked on Wild postcast, part of Locked on Minnesota on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Minnesota Wilds pick up a 4-1 to one win over the Chicago Blackhawks. They have now won three games in a row, and we are rolling on today's Locked on Wild postcast. Seth Topal here from the XL Energy Center with you, and uh, just a repeat of a lot of the things that we've seen over the uh, last couple of games. Now, I will say to start this game out, Chicago had a little bit of a uh, jump to their game. But if you look at how things played out over the uh, the course of the entirety of the action, pretty clear that they were on the uh, second night of a back-to-back uh, because it just, again, the Wild took care of business and uh, it looked as though um, th- they continue to make good strides on the power play. They penalty kill. I know they gave up the goal at the end of the game to snap that string of 10 straight kills. But that top line just was sensational here today. Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, and Marco Rossi. Rossi got the two goals early. It was clear that Kaprizov and Zuccarello were trying to get him the third goal as the game wore on. But, hey, you end up winning a game pretty comfortably. And so to have those things going on during the course of the action is... um, it's it's something that you can can certainly be uh, be fine with as opposed to trailing and still trying to do all of that. Um, so that was kind of a fun storyline of this game was just trying to give Marco Rossi opportunities to get that hat trick goal. But that top line was uh, was outstanding here in this one today. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Just solid work in net. He had some pretty big saves. One of those early penalty kills was an absolute adventure for the Minnesota Wilds. Um, but Flurry made some huge saves to prevent Chicago from scoring. The thing that I pull away from this one uh, for tonight is that the Wild avoided what could have been a catastrophe uh, as Jared Spurgeon was uh, smashed into the boards. It was a incidental knee-on-knee hit by Ryan Donato. And Spurgeon could not put any weight on the knee. He was helped to the training room. Oh, and then he comes back later in the game and he looks just fine. So a huge sigh of relief for uh, for the Wild in this one that they didn't run into any sort of major injury situation there. And uh, I thought Ryan Hartman on the fourth line, that was a big storyline coming into this one as well. I thought Ryan on Hartman on the fourth line, I, I thought he looked okay. So I would imagine... That is what we see going forward because it seems as though that has been a big uh, point of contention with the John Hines era is that a lot of these opportunities that we've seen for guys like Freddie Goudreau, guys like Ryan Hartman, uh, some of those other guys in the lineup, pretty evident that those types of opportunities are not just handed out, that they are going to have to be earned uh, in order to build back into the uh, the top of the lineup. Um, and at this point, you can't argue with what that top line is uh, is doing uh, anytime they're out there. So all in all, another solid performance. Um, 
the Wilds should have beaten all three of the teams that they just played, St. Louis, Nashville, and Chicago, if they wanted to further hop back up into the standings. If you want to do that, you got to beat these types of teams. And I think the fact that none of these games were really a sweat at all is encouraging. But you got to do it against some of the other teams that uh, are further up in the standings than you are. Um, like Vancouver. Vancouver is going to be a fascinating test for this team a couple of times over the next few weeks. Uh, that That's going to be fascinating to see how the Wilds match up against them. Now, another interesting wrinkle of this game was before the game, Zach Bogosian not in warmups, and so we got the John Merrill, Alex Goligoski experience once again in this one. And, uh, <laughs> folks... I, I can't um, I'm, I'm trying to contain my desire to uh, just just rage here. But Merrill had a couple of instances, one of which he just he was behind the net, passed the puck out in front to nobody. It was stolen away by Chicago for a shot. He then tried to pass from one side of the net to the other. And had Marc-Andre Fleury been further up in the crease, it's probably an own goal. And so you've got stuff like that going on, which still kind of reinforces that. I know the third line wasn't directly responsible for any goals here today, but that's still a uh, still an adventure for uh, for those two guys out there. Um, and the Wild are fortunate that that one did not. Uh, now, granted, they they had a four nothing lead at that point, so they still end up with they still would have won. Because I, I don't think that sort of a momentum shift would have been anything for Chicago to take advantage of. But on the road against tougher opponents, it's going to be harder to hide that grouping uh, from the likes of uh, Vancouver, the likes of Edmonton, the likes of even Seattle uh, on this West Coast trip. So that's, that's a little bit of an area of concern uh, in this one. And I mean... The, the penalty kill again, I know they gave up the goal. Marc-Andre Fleury on that one. The shot was from way further out, was from the far face-off circle. It ended up hitting him. Um, it hit one of his pads and kind of bounced around, and the fact that Radish just came crashing into the crease, it deflected in off of him, and so that's just one of those weird goals that you give up, and so I'm still super encouraged by what we've seen from the penalty kill dive into block shots. Uh, Jonas Brodeen stuck his stick out to stop a pass in this one at one point um, in one of those Chicago uh, penalty kills. And so you still see really good things there. The power play passing, honestly, was was one of the, uh, the better points of this game and the better that it's been here recently. So that's, I think, super encouraging as well. But I keep going back to the play of Kaprizov, Zuccarello, and Rossi. Those guys have some chemistry uh, when they're out there on the ice. And um, Kaprizov had just a gorgeous feed to Zuccarello for uh, for his goal, knifing one through the crease uh, and able to uh, to get it past Morozik for a goal. Um, there were a few instances in which uh, probably should have maybe gotten Kaprizov a goal. Boldy finally got his goal. Uh, he has been just beyond cursed for uh, not being able to finish some of those looks 
over the uh, the last few games. So that was good to see. And I think one of the more fun angles that um, I had mentioned throughout the game was just you have all this hype around Connor Bedard, and he is every bit of the hype, but I did get a smirk that we saw Marco Rossi and Brock Faber kind of outshine him here in this one today. Rossi with the two goals. Faber just uh, at one point picked his pocket. He had uh, taken the puck away in the neutral zone and was skating up the far side of the zone to try for a shot on Flurry. And uh, Faber just straight up picked his pocket. So that that was fun to see those two guys. Um, and again, Marc-Andre Fleury, super, super solid in this one. Seems like both goaltenders, at least through their first couple of starts under John Hines, are uh, trending in the right direction. And so there's a lot of good to continue to pull out of these games. Let's see them do it against teams like Vancouver, who is second or third in the Pacific Division, depending on how the last few games have gone. Um, let's see them do it there. And uh, let's just continue this uh, this nice little roll um, as to uh, to how this team is uh, kind of climbing back into the race. We got a lot of comments to get to here uh, as well. And uh, we'll finish with some final thoughts, a little bit of a truncated version of today's Lockdown Wild postcast, but we will uh, get to your thoughts as we continue after this. Today's Lockdown Wild postcast is brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season is full of all sorts of possibilities, whether it be Marco Rossi scoring a couple of goals, getting himself closer to that 20 or 25 goal range, or the Minnesota Wild eventually, someday, hoisting the Stanley Cup. You could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether elite-level players like Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, or Nathan McKinnon will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Today's Lockdown Wild postcast is also brought to you by Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments, and Virtual Interviews. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. That's Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to today's Locked On Wild postcast. Minnesota Wilds pick up a 4-1 to win over the Chicago Blackhawks to improve to 8-10-4 on the season. And uh, just looking at the minute distributions here, uh, because that has been fascinating to see 
under John Hines through the first three games of the season. Jewel Eriksson-Eck topping the forwards with uh, 19 minutes, 22 seconds. Next up was Kirill Kaprizov with 17 minutes, 22 seconds. How you'd expect it to play out. But pretty even distribution between the third and the fourth lines as guys like Connor Dewar, Brandon Duhame, all over 13 minutes. In fact, the combination of Duhame, Dewar, and Hartman, all with uh, 13.07 or more. Uh, the third line, Freddie Goudreau, Pat Maroon, and uh, Marcus Foligno all uh, had less than that. So we we continue. And again, minutes distribution is entirely dependent on what's going on throughout the game. We haven't seen this wild team yet have to uh, try to dig out of any deficits and get into those push-come-to-shove times where you got to have a goal and you got to have one of your top-line combinations to be able to get it to you. But so far through these uh, these three games, we haven't seen those same sorts of exaggerated minute stretches like we've seen um, previously under Dean Evison. That fourth line continues to rack up a ton of minutes. And uh, again, I thought Ryan Hartman with that fourth line I thought was fine here uh, tonight. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see that continue um, as things get rolling unless you start to make some changes to uh, try to get that second line going a little more. But top line did the heavy lifting in this one, and uh, that was really all you needed to uh, get past this Chicago team. Let's take a look at some of the uh, the comments here as we uh, wrap things up here from the XL Energy Center. Steve, Flower looked really good in this one, and he had to make some good saves. There were moments, there were stretches where he wasn't super um, tested, but there were also some stretches where he had to come up with some big saves, and he did, to keep this game uh, where the Wild were in favor. But this is also the thing that you get when you build up that early lead, is you give yourself the opportunity to uh, to not have to chase and to be able to weather some of those stretches from your opponents in which they control the play. And you know if they come away without a goal, they feel frustrated, and you feel fortunate that you had the three in the first period to uh, to bank and to be able to uh, to roll through. Um, we'll go to Quadrum. I said before the game that the Heinz honeymoon phase is over and it's time to see whether the boys really meant their vows. I guess they did. Yeah, it, same sorts of things that we've seen. Just the quickness at which this team is trying to push out of the defensive zone into the offensive zone, that continues to be a constant. They continue to attack offensively. They're doing a really good job of pushing towards the net to uh, be able to come up with those shots. And it's, I mean, look at two of the goals today. Rossi right in front. Um, he batted one down on a deflection. Matt Boldy batted one down on a deflection. They're getting those goals from right in front of the net that are the hardest to uh, to come up with saves on. And they just continue to push that issue in front of whoever's in net in front of them. And that's something that even when you're slumping offensively, if you continue to do that, that can be how you get out of it. Trav, I thought Boldy didn't look particularly good tonight. Um, and he, he got Boldy got his goal, which he clearly needs for his confidence. But again, I think this is why you continue to see these minute disparities being more towards the fourth line and more towards the top line is that if those guys are playing well, you want to ride them 
to give yourself some uh, some better opportunities to uh, to come away with goals. And so they're going to need that second line at some point. And so you wonder if they try to maybe switch things up and maybe put somebody else with um, with Boldy and with Erickson Eck to try to get them going. But I think some of that, too, is the tactical stuff that we see from John Hines throughout the game is where he is maybe trying. There was one point where Kaprizov was with Boldy and Erickson Eck. I think he's more of a, a tweak kind of in-game guy than he is um, before or uh, or kind of leading up to games. And another penalty for Boldy, too, as uh, as is noted here in the comments, that he's kind of taken that from Hartman. He... he at, at some point, you got to have your production on ice be above what is putting you into the uh, the penalty box. Uh, so it's it, it'll be worth monitoring as we go forward. But if it means that the fourth line is getting more opportunities, that is not something that I'm going to be upset about whatsoever. MPH, it's safe to say goaltending Kaprizov, Zuccarello, and a mixture of the two other players are on their game. The Wild are capable. If not, we have seen what this looks like. It's great that the goalies have uh, gotten themselves back on track here a little bit because they're going to need them. This is still a team that uh, that needs to get that good goaltending in order to come away with wins. And so the fact that Fleury and Gustafson have looked their best of the season so far in the last three games, it's huge because you're going to need it with some of what we've seen in December. Um they're going to need to get those guys on track and keep them on track to get some of these wins on the road. So it's it's been, again, highly encouraging in these three games. But let's, let's keep that rolling. And um, Will noting, get Faber on the top power play unit. I think this is the... I think this is the end goal, the ultimate, you know, if we can get... Faber to where he is uh, is on track to be a top power play guy. I think that's the ultimate hope because you see a guy in Faber who has just a ton of ability to push into the offensive zone. He's not afraid to step up. He's not afraid to drive the net, which is something that you want for uh, for the defenseman on the power play unit. And so I think at some point he will be the one that gets that spot. You know Spurgeon holding it down right now, but I think ultimately they want the uh, the dynamic ability of uh, of Faber in that spot. And you know another thing that helps on the power play here today is that first line, that top power play unit had some real troubles getting into the offensive zone, and so John Hines goes with the second unit and they score. So having two capable units to be able to put power play goals up um, to just give you a little bit of a change when your top unit's not getting it done, that's a huge part of this too. And so, you know, that's that's in large part to uh, the work of Marco Rossi. And as he continues to grow and improve, that just continues to make this team more and more dangerous. All right, let's um, let's get to my official prediction here. When do you think Flurry will get to that... Um, that win plateau, that 1,000th game. Um, so obviously there are a couple things with Flurry that we're keeping an eye on here uh, for Flurry. You want to get him to that second most wins all time. He needs four, 
And if you go with the current trends for this team, which seems to be Gustafson now under Hines getting two to every one for Flurry, I am going to say by, I, I think Tracy's right on here. I think if you can get Flurry that number by the end of January, I think that's super attainable because you've got 14 games here in December. You have, I haven't even looked at the January schedule yet. But I think four by the end of January for a backup goalie is very doable. And that's not even taking into consideration if something were to happen to Gus where he gets hurt and then Flurry ends up being the guy every day. I think it's the end of January is, I think, the timeline for uh, for Flurry to get that done. So I, I think he'll do it. I think that'll be a huge moment for this team where they'll be able to uh, to celebrate it because, you know, let's let's not lose track. Results aside. We got a Hall of Fame goalie that uh, is going to be getting some huge numbers for this team uh, as the season unfolds. And that's just another fun storyline to uh, be able to keep track of here as uh, we go. Um, apologies that this is a little bit more of a truncated version today, but I'm going to get out of here to get back home. Um, Alex and I will obviously have uh, things covered with a... Uh, huge i think it's the first time since the beginning of the season that we've had a victory micheletti monday so we're gonna have one of those and uh, i believe we'll have another episode for you as well tomorrow so we i'll make a i'll make it up to the audience with a double episode monday uh for a little bit more of a truncated postcast here tonight but uh, minnesota wild pick up the win three and oh under john hines and uh, they will look to keep it rolling against calgary on tuesday We'll have coverage for you all West Coast trip long. We'll be up late, so uh, grab whatever you need, your coffee, whatever. We'll uh, we'll be with you as the Wild try to keep things rolling against uh, West Coast teams here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, that will do it for tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast. We'll uh, pick it up with you again tomorrow as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.